Hello, and welcome to Shelf Confidence, a podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Food Merchants Association that focuses on trends and innovations in food retail. I'm Liz Kemry, your host, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Katrina Boyer, Investor Education Coordinator with the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Today we'll be discussing gift card scams and how the PA Department of Banking and Securities is working with grocery stores and convenience store workers to combat this problem. How are you today, Katrina? I'm well. Thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure to chat with you today. Same here. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. So first of all, can you just share a little bit more about your role with the PA Department of Banking and Securities? Certainly. As the Investor Education Coordinator, my office provides resources, educational materials, and information to organizations throughout the Commonwealth to better prepare them to be able to protect themselves from frauds and scams. Okay, great. And so part of your job revolves around training retailers to identify gift card scams. Can you explain what a gift card scam is? Sure. So we hear about scams all the time. Gift card scams encourage people to go out and buy gift cards and then provide the the numbers off of the back of the gift cards to the person who's the scammer. The scammer then, within a few minutes, can actually wipe the gift card, all the funds from the gift card, and they've stolen the money. And the problem with that is that once that gift card information is gone, the money's gone and there's no recourse for the consumers. All right. And I think a lot of people have experienced this in some way. Of course, we get, you know, bogus phone calls, emails, text messages. And even uh, I was reading a story earlier about a woman who was getting messages through her social media accounts, you know, people demanding money for one reason or the other. We've heard and seen the prince of some other country or the IRS saying your back taxes are due. And of course, I constantly get the numbers, the the spoof numbers on my phone for your car warranty is done. So what are other ways or what are some of the ways that uh, these gift card scammers specifically are reaching out to potential victims? So we see it a lot over the phone. As you mentioned, social media messaging, text messages. However, a scam artist can capture a victim's attention is how they're going to do what they do. I'll just share an example of a situation that I became aware of in my community where a gentleman who was just a few months out from retirement received a call from someone claiming to be from Social Security. And they Mm -hmm. told him that there was a problem with his Social Security And if he didn't pay this fine, that he was not going to be eligible for benefits in a few months. Sadly, the gentleman was caught completely off guard and he went out and he purchased $750 worth of gift cards from various merchants in our community, called them and said, you know, you requested $1,000. I can only get you $750. They said that they would make an exception and they took his $750. It wasn't until later when he was talking with someone that I know that he realized he'd been a victim. Uh, So I've seen some uh, scary statistics. According to the Federal Trade Commission, fraud tied to gift card scams rose to a record $125.3 million in 2020. And the AARP did a study that found that one out of every three American adults has fallen victim to these frauds. So it's serious, it's widespread. 
What is it that makes these uh, scam artists so believable that so many people might not catch the warning signs? You know, that's a really great question. One of the things that I like to emphasize is that we are all busy. We have a lot happening in our lives. And when we're caught off guard, we are so much more likely to be rushing through, rushing through whatever it is we're doing. And so to hurry up and provide the requested information is something that we just do. And the reality is that the scam artists know that we're busy. And so they tend to, they move really quickly. They often will use social media to learn information about people so that if they call and it's a targeted call, then they have enough information about you that they can convince you of the scam. You know, you mentioned the spoofed calls. The reality is for a scam artist, if they can auto dial hundreds of names or hundreds of telephone numbers and they get one person or two people who will give up that information, then that makes it worth their while. So they're not going to stop until people have the opportunity to, to just take a moment and really consider what's, what they're being told. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that uh, drives me nuts is that now you know they're trying to mirror what those local phone numbers are. And so I'll look at something, I'll glance at something when I'm busy and it's a 717 area code and maybe even the first three digits match somebody who I know that they've called me before, but I might not have saved their number. Could it be them? It could be a vendor I work with, whatever. And inevitably, I always answer the wrong one and let the other one go to voicemail when it's the actual person. But I mean, that's tough because uh, that's a whole new thing where you're getting people that look like they're calling from a local number. And then that that's a whole nother reality. Yeah. I was doing a, a senior presentation at a high rise and the sweetest little old woman says to me, Katrina, I had a phone call from my own telephone number. I had to answer the call. And the reality is that that happens and people do feel there, you know, what is this? I've got to answer. But if I could say one thing to every person, it would be don't answer your phone unless Mm -hmm. it's my husband, my mom or my kids. I let it go to voicemail and I can return those calls, especially on my personal device. Not so much my work device, because that's a different that's a different case, you know, scenario. But on my personal, leave a message and I'll call you back. Absolutely. That's great advice. One of the articles that I read before we talked, uh, the person who was a victim and and she had given tens of thousands of dollars to the scammer, the scam artist had been very specific with her about what stores to go to and what gift cards to buy. So are there certain stores and gift cards that are more susceptible to this fraud than others? So I don't know that I would go so far as to say that there are certain stores that are more susceptible. I do know that the stores that are offering regular training to their staff are going to be less likely to let something go through. Yeah. I was recently at a big box store and was the it for some reason gift card scams came up and the cashier was telling me that she had someone who came through and was trying to purchase significant amounts of money on gift cards. And when she questioned the woman, the woman um, eventually realized that it was a scam. But mm-hmm. had that staff person, had that, you know, that, that cashier not asked those questions, 
that scam could have happened and that woman would have been out the money. Right. So while I don't necessarily say that there are specific stores, generally speaking, I would imagine that stores that are busier, that are just trying to get through the lines mm. um, and maybe those stores that don't have some of that training in place for the, that empowers the cashiers to ask the questions. And that's a great segue into what we were going to talk about next, which is that, you know, the PA Department of Banking and Securities has been working on getting ahead of the scammers by offering that training and specifically to, you know, grocery store and convenience store workers, which, you know, are our members. Uh, So that's a great benefit to them. So what does that training involve? What does that look like when you work with our, our retail members? So the training really does sort of offer different areas of thought process. You know, we want to empower upper management to to encourage their the cashiers that are dealing directly with the consumers to ask the questions. We want store management to make it a part of the store's culture that we talk about these types of things because if we keep it in the forefront of our minds, we're going to be more likely to recognize some of those red flags. And then for the cashiers, one of the things that I think is really important is to have some of the resources available at the cash register where a cashier can be okay to say to the consumer, if you've got questions, here's a phone number that you can call. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just that they remember to tell the, the customers to call my office, the Department of Banking and Securities, by calling 1-800-PA-BANKS then we can talk to the consumer and we can help the consumer understand what's happening. So the training is part of it, but that ongoing conversation and having resources available becomes really important. And my office actually does provide those resources in bulk. If any of the retailers want the information, we're happy to send that to them. They can send me an email at informed at pa.gov, and we'll be happy to get some of those materials sent out, as well as schedule any trainings that they may want to do on their own. About how long does that training take? So we can customize the training to keep it to 30 minutes all the way up to an hour. Kind of depends on how in detail, how much conversation. You know, the reality is when we do a presentation, if we can interact with the people that we're presenting with, it helps them to remember and it helps mm-hmm. it it helps them to be able to access the information when they need it so making interactive is i think in the best interest of everyone but that obviously is going to take a little longer so the training is is awesome to have for both the management and the retail workers are there other suggestions that you have beyond the training that stores can put in place that will help to curtail some of these gift card scams? Many retailers have the small kiosk that has the gift cards available. I've seen signs that warn consumers that they shouldn't be using gift cards to pay for fines or to pay people over the phone. Those are great ways to deter customers and maybe mm-hmm. get them to, you know, to snap at to snap out of wherever it is they are mentally to realize that it doesn't make sense to send an iTunes gift card to pay a fine that you owe to the IRS. And sometimes just a simple sign 
can be very helpful. Um, and I know I've seen them ranging in size from, you know, an eight, eight and a half by 11 poster all the way down to like a four by six, where, you know, there's just a warning. Again, mm -hmm. you've got to do something to trip that person into taking a step back and thinking about what they're about to do. Some of the pieces that I've read about people who have fallen victim to that have said, like, you know, I was in a trance. It felt like I was in a dream. I just didn't feel like myself. And so, you know, those those pieces that kind of get in your face and say, wait, stop, think, you know, yeah, does this make any exactly. sense? That's perfect. Okay, great. We talked about some of the things that the scammers will do to try to trick people into the gift card scams. Uh, what are some of the other red flags that, you know, are con that consumers might want to recognize when they are contacted by somebody who's a gift card scammer? Okay. So there are a few red flags that I really think are important to understand. When you are contacted out of the blue by someone that you don't know, mm -hmm. number one, that's a huge red flag. But then okay. they, they dump this sense of, if you don't do this right now, we're going to come and get you. You're going to be arrested. You're going to lose your loss of benefits. Those are red flags. Other red flags can be, there's this, a scam called the family member in distress scam. And, you know, it's a phone call that says grandma or grandpa, I'm in trouble. And they have this sense of, I really need your help. As a grandparent, I know that when my grandchildren are old enough to tell me they need help, I'm going to listen. There's that, again, that sense of emergency where if I don't listen and do exactly what they tell me to do, there's going to be a repercussion. Something that people can do is to actually step back and ask a question. Hey, you know, Johnny, how is your, your, your longtime pet and, and throw out a random name? The person on the other end isn't going to know. And yeah. so they won't be able to answer the question. And that's going to tell the, the person that it's a scam. People need to keep in mind that they aren't going to go to jail if they don't pay a bill. The IRS is never going to contact them by, the, by phone until, unless they send out a letter and a registered le letter first. So those are all red flags that we need to be aware of when we are presented with you know, a gift card scam. And the reality is we can't pay a bill with a, a gift card. Mm -hmm. You know, you can purchase it, it. There are reasons to purchase a legitimate card to pay a bill. If you want to make an online purchase and you want to buy a MasterCard or a Visa gift card, that's one thing. But just to buy a random gift card and provide the numbers over the phone is the red flag that we have to be aware of. You know, we were talking before the podcast started about, you know, how the holiday season is heating up. So I'm sure that people are buying plenty of gift cards for family, friends, you know, stocking stuffers and all that good stuff to send to people they don't get to see very often. So do you see an uptick in these scams over the holiday season? During the holidays, we all become much more generous. We become holly and jolly and we just want to give, give, give. Criminals know that. And they know that we're letting our guard down and we know that we are becoming more generous. And so therefore they're going to up the ante and they're going to work harder because not only are we more generous, but because we're maybe spending more than we usually do, maybe we don't pay as close attention 
So not only do we run the risk of, you know, the gift card scams, but there are other scams that we have that we people need to be aware of too. And yeah. again, it goes back to, we become so much more willing to give up information that it's easy again, to be caught off guard and we do the things that we wouldn't normally do. These are all really great points. Uh, and especially, you know, on this particular issue of the gift card scams, what else is the PA Department of Banking and Securities doing in addition to, you know, training retailers and trying to get those people who, who might be ringing up the gift cards to sort of pay attention to the red flags? What other things is the state doing to, uh, to stop this issue? The Department of Banking and Securities believes that education is key to prevention. And so not only are we providing training to retailers, but we provide training. We actually just did a big conference for all the state tax collectors on the things that they should look out for, for elder abuse and financial exploitation. We provide training to all kinds of professionals, medical professionals, cosmetologists, and we also do trainings for consumers themselves. We have a great program called Consumer Fraud Bingo, where we will go out and play fraud bingo, which is very much like regular bingo, except for with each number that we call out, we provide a tip so that we can start that conversation about ways to avoid frauds and scams. And people tend to really respond well to that. And because it's fast paced and interactive, they tend to remember those things. So that's another really great tool that we have in order to be able to educate the public. Yeah, that is good. And as you said, it's important to have something where, you know, you're not just getting a presentation where you're glazing over and sort of you walk out and go, okay, I think I remember that first tip, but, uh, but that sounds like a great way to, you know, to keep people involved and like you said, remembering uh, and walking out with something that's really going to help them. So that's awesome. Cool. Well, hey, thank you so much. We talked about a lot of stuff on gift card scams today, and I really appreciate your tips both on the retail side and on the consumer side. Is there anything that we didn't get to today that you wanted to add? I don't think so. I would just encourage, again, your listeners, if they have any questions, they can email us at that informed at pa.gov. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time today and have a wonderful holiday season, hopefully scam-free. Thank you so much. <laughs> Tune in in two weeks when we speak with Cheryl Heft and Samantha McKeo from PFMA partner World Connect about how to develop realistic sustainability goals for your company. Thanks for listening.